the kingdom of God, your kingdom, O God, is justice and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. Open in us the gates of your kingdom through your living word. In Jesus' name, amen. So, there was an article floating around a while ago on the internet, just out there, (laughs) posted and shared on various forms of social media, at least amongst my friends, and the article's title was something like this, and please hold off on offense until later. Just, just bear with me. Supporters of Donald Trump overwhelmingly less educated than supporters of his rivals. That's what the article said. As I said, hold off on your judgment. Or as another less subtle website put it, majority of Donald Trump supporters have low IQs. I mean, you can see where people get different wording from different interpretations. But anyway... Many continue to be shocked by this man's continuing popularity, even in the face of ever more outlandish policy suggestions and statements that seem to get more and more offensive as time goes by. So according to these articles, there must be an explanation. Less education, low IQ. Now I will say that as a follower of Jesus Christ, I've got trouble with Trump. You know, I don't mean to, I'm not really commenting on U.S. elections, but more things that people have said. And I've made that clear a few times before, so I will admit that when I read that article, a little shiver of glee went up and down my spine. Because all my opinions felt validated. My own assumptions felt vindicated. But most of all, most important of all, I personally felt justified. I felt like it was proof that I was on the right side of history because all these other ignorant folks weren't. But here I was, standing on the moral high ground, while sitting at my computer slumped, probably clicking away, slumping on the moral high ground. Due to my seven years of university and all my hard work, justified, finally, Thank you, Lord, that I'm not like these other people. You can imagine my disappointment, of course, when I came to this week's reading and realized that Jesus once told a parable about me. (laughs) Jesus told this parable, it said, to some who trusted in themselves that they were righteous and regarded others with contempt. Or how Eugene Peterson author of the message translation of the Bible, puts it in more contemporary words, Jesus told this story to some who were complacently pleased with themselves over their moral performance and looked down their noses at the common people. In other words, Jesus told this story to some people who were self-righteous, who reveled in their own goodness and their sense of superiority. Thanks a lot, Jesus. Sounds all too familiar. And this is the story that Jesus tells them. Two different people head up to the temple to pray. 
One's a Pharisee. We've talked about this before. We only see the worst of the Pharisees in the Bible. Often they're portrayed as the villain twirling their mustache with a damsel tied to the train tracks. But they're generally good, pious people. And they're people concerned with the spiritual insights of Scripture permeating all life, touching all life. People concerned with living good, ethical, moral lives. Like a lot of good United Church folk, these people are concerned with justice for the poor and the oppressed. These people have a lot in common with Jesus' social teachings. The other one who goes up to pray, however, is pretty much the opposite. He's a tax collector. He's not quite your average Revenue Canada agent. You know, who do you, oh, I wish I'd get a bigger return. These guys are such jerks, right? But in the world of the Bible, tax collectors are as bad as it gets. They shake down the poor for money. They have a quota that they've got to meet. So they're using every trick in the book, from blackmail to intimidation, to get it. And the only thing that's worse, though, than what they do is who they work for. They collect for the Romans, who are the occupiers. They funnel the cash and crops from the poor back to the empire across the sea. They are the Vichy French, if you've got your World War II history down pat. They're collaborators. They're dirtbag bottom feeders. Whereas the Pharisee has a lot in common with Jesus, this guy has little in common with Jesus, if anything at all. Right? So they head up to the temple to pray, these polar opposites, and their prayers are as different as they are. Of course, the Pharisee finds the best spot, alone in the spotlight, you know, like right over by the baptismal font, maybe. And he offers up a prayer of thanksgiving, which is a good prayer to offer. We've got to thank God for things. But thank you, Lord, he says. Thank you, Lord, that I'm not like other people. People who are dishonest, people who steal stuff, or people who cheat on their wives. And especially, Lord, thank you that I'm not like this dirtbag bottom feeder over here. It's easy to be better than this guy, really. But he's not only better, he goes above and beyond. The Pharisee gives away more of his money than required. He fasts, he abstains from food on special occasions. Not just on special occasions, but twice a week. He practices a rigorous spiritual discipline, and he's in tip-top spiritual shape. He's been drinking his wheatgrass and doing his yoga, right? Eating his kale, as was the case last week. He's eating all the kale he can get. Kale's good. I've said this before. Anyway. He's a good guy doing good. He knows who he is. Thank God. Funny enough, though, the tax collector knows who he is, too. The Pharisee's right up in center, standing right next to the baptismal font here. And this guy's somewhere off in the shadows, way at the back of the congregation hoping not to be seen or talked to by anybody, hoping nobody can see him. He's on his feet like the Pharisee, but his head is hung with shame. 
He prays with his face in his hands. God, he weeps, have mercy on me, a sinner. He knows exactly who he is, what he's done wrong, and he lays it all out for God to see. So we have a righteous man, a good person, who is self-righteous, looking down his nose at the unrighteous man, one who is able to look at his life with honest clarity, a liar and a cheat who is able to speak the truth with humility. And it's the unrighteous tax collector, Jesus says. It's the tax collector who goes home justified rather than the righteous Pharisee. The sinner goes home, set right in his relationship with God, and the saint isn't even justified. He isn't set right at all. Boom. Humble brokenness beats boasting righteousness. Thanks a lot, Jesus. And you know, one commentator, though, says we miss the point if we end up leaving church this Sunday thinking... Thank God I'm not like this Pharisee. Glad that some some folks caught up on that. Like I said, it's always disappointing when Jesus has a parable directed towards me. Seems to happen more often than not, actually, unfortunately. But it's not just directed towards me. It's directed towards all of us as human beings, especially those who deem ourselves as righteous, good people. We can be good, upstanding citizens, people who are intelligent, well-educated, people who have their lives together and prospering, people who have all the right opinions, political or otherwise. We can be for all the right causes, And who knows, maybe the article I read about the intelligence and IQ of some Trump supporters, who knows, that could be true. But the truth is, when we frame things like this, we're missing the point. We can be spiritual athletes, people who, like the Pharisee, not only take the good demands of God on our lives seriously... Maybe we might even go above and beyond on occasion, but we are always in danger of twisting the good in our lives, of turning the spiritual life into one big excuse for self-justification. Because if there's anything that makes us feel good and our lives justified in the eyes of the universe, it's being better than others. It's true, isn't it? I mean, it just feels so damn good to be better than other people. In fact, what a lot of non-Christians would say, that one of the problems with Christians is that we are too self-righteous. That we are so intent on pointing out other people's sins that we somehow become blind to the fact that being blindness, blind to our own sins, is itself a sin just like the Pharisee in our text. Not just cranky conservative Christians, but social justice-loving liberal ones. And non-Christians as well, in their own ways, it's all about ego. Which someone once said that ego, 
E-G-O stands for edging God out. Edging God out. For us and the Pharisee, the spiritual life actually becomes a way to bracket God out because goodness, as well as living the spiritual life, becomes our privilege, our moral high ground, our self-justification. And then there's no need for God there, really. You get high enough in the clouds, there's really no need for God. So that now that we've gone into the depths with Jesus here, I wonder if following Jesus isn't about finally having things figured out. I wonder if it's not about finally having the moral high ground or attaining spiritual superiority. I wonder if it's something different. I wonder if it's a journey inwards and downwards rather than a journey outwards and upwards. Because to journey into the world of the scriptures, to journey into the parables of Jesus, to walk the way of Jesus Christ is a journey into the heart of God. But that journey first begins with a journey into ourselves not in a sort of navel-gazing, egotistical way, but a journey into the truth, the honest truth about our own lives. That the difference between the Pharisee and the tax collector, that's the difference between the Pharisee and the tax collector. The tax collector might be caught up in the deepest, darkest brokenness, but he's able to stand openly and freely before God as he is. He's able to trust in the life-giving mercy and grace of a loving God. Not that there's a thunderbolt waiting for him, but there are open arms, even while he's in knee-deep. Whereas the Pharisee spends his time self-justifying, holding up his own well-polished goodness to God, but the tax collector is able to hold up the fragments of a good life, trusting that God's work is primarily a work not of handing out brownie points, but that God is already at work healing the common brokenness in all of God's beloved creatures and God's creation. From those of us who stand tall on our own goodness, to those of us who cower in the shadows of our own brokenness. Justified is the language the Bible uses. Set right like a fractured limb by the grace of God. Isn't it strange how this is good news? I mean, it's, it just seems crazy. But this is the good news, the upside-down good news that Jesus keeps challenging us with. That the spiritual life, the way of Jesus Christ, is not our way to get a leg up on the ladder to the heavens or to get a leg up on others. It's a way to come to terms with the darkness in ourselves. 
so it can be illuminated by the love of Christ. And we can carry that love to the world's dark places. Inwards, then outwards. So as a little bit of a challenge to you this week, dear friends, to accept Jesus' challenge, take this journey into yourself daily. Look at all the places where you self-justify and take note of them. And offer them up in truth to the God who already knows and sees you and accepts you for who you are. Daily dying and rising, holding up our brokenness so it can die with Christ on the cross in order to be raised with him to new life. Because we don't make our way up to God in our goodness. Our goodness is good. I'm not saying that we're bad, terrible people at all. There's so much goodness in our world, in our lives, and thanks to God for that. But it's not that we make our way up to God in goodness, but God makes her way down to us in goodness, wherever we are. God's kingdom, God's work in the world, it turns everything upside. So may you, like the tax collector, leave this temple today justified. May you leave today transformed by the unconditional love of God. With eyes and ears open and a heart open to God's justifying work. For those who exalt themselves shall be humbled, Jesus says. And those who humble themselves shall be exalted. And for this, thanks be to God. Amen.